Hey guys, if you really like this episode, please support our podcast by going to talkmurder.com slash join and becoming a Talko Supremo. An influential Irish writer once wrote, Jealousy is no more than feeling alone against smiling enemies. But it's not always just our enemies. Sometimes it's our smiling friends, the ones we love, the ones we care for, These are the ones that can fill our heads with this unpleasant emotion. Smarter, prettier, and far more popular, in this story, a college sophomore pays the ultimate price. The murder weapon? Pure jealousy. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Talk Murder to Me. We're excited to be back recording for you once again. As always. Yeah, yeah. And we look forward to it every time. Mm-hmm. And so we've got another hint this evening. Mm-hmm. It was jealous bitch. Jealous bitch. Which seemed pretty harsh for a hint. Yeah. I don't know. I was kind of like, whoa there. Yowza. This is going to be an interesting episode. Mm-hmm. Jealous bitch. Yep. Yep. So I've been thinking a lot about what I think is going to happen already, but I'll wait until you ask us your infamous question. So uh, what are we drinking tonight, Jen? Oh, we are drinking green-eyed monsters. It looks like, like plutonium. It does look like Mountain Dew. I'm a little nervous. Me too. It looks like plutonium. Toxic waste. It does look like the stuff from that movie Chernobyl. Oh, yeah. Hey. I don't hate this. Very slimy. Ooh, this is good. This is way better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah same. Because it's packed with sugar. Well, most alcohol is. Yeah, wasted calories. Ugh. Is it? Oh, that is delicious. Mm-hmm. It's all right. I like not as good as last night's drink. No, but delicious. Different. Well, different because this one's not blended. The other one was. So the Green Eyed Monster uh, was chosen because people call jealousy the Green Eyed Monster. I don't know if you guys oh, recall the Berenstain. That's where you got that from. Yes, the Berenstain Bears. Berenstain Bears. No, no, no. Berenstain. We discussed this We've in the previous this. episode. I agreed with you, but we were wrong. Correct. Uh, the Berenstain Bears had a story dedicated to the green-eyed monster and the little brother bear or was it sister bear that got jealous and they like had green eyes and it was like all angry ah mm-hmm. yeah good story yes yeah it's good so it has the melon liquor vodka mm-hmm. orange juice well, we didn't have just orange juice we had orange pineapple juice which makes it even better mm-hmm. so orange pineapple juice and uh Lemon and lime juice. Lemon and, lemon and lime juice. That's it. And it's it's very good, actually. It's super sugary. I wonder why, though. I mean, I guess the melon liqueur oh, no. and the orange juice. And yeah, juice. I like it. It's good. I could probably, I could deal with having another one of these. It almost tastes like Kool-Aid. Like cold good. Kool-Aid? That I, is so bright, man. That is. is quite a color cocktail. I wonder yeah. what, I wonder what, um. Colts, like what flavor Kool Aid they uh, provide? I always imagined grape. I don't yeah, know why. me too. I was thinking red. Really, grape Kool Aid's good. I wonder if it's a real Kool Aid. Maybe Kool Aid should start sponsoring Colts. <laughs> I don't think that would work for That's them. That's a brilliant idea, actually. <laughs> Wait, I can. If we start doing cult stuff, we should. We could make a great T-shirt about this. We could put the Kool Aid guy on a cult saying, "Oh yeah." Oh, yeah. So, how have you guys been today since the last time I saw you was last night? 
you know, it was all right. Work was, you know, blah. So we recorded quo. last night. Yeah, yeah, we did. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> We're putting in work for you guys. That's right. We, um, I really do enjoy podcasting so much. Mm-hmm. Plus, we're getting rich. Well, I, I don't know about that. We're still very broke, so please support us. Please. Please. Every download <laughs> we get is equal to $10. Wow, I wish. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah, that, that would be, be nice. amazing. We'd be like millionaires. But, I mean, you know, Jen and I are crunching the nine to five or the whatever hours Jen happens to get yeah. until we... <laughs> Uh, until we can all quit this bitch. And I'm crunching my abs. In prep really. for the big show, which <laughs> yes. is exactly one month from today. <gasps> yes. I Damn. can't wait. Oh, shit. Maybe so I should excited. start preparing for that. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Possiblemente. Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. All right, I picked the surprise shot tonight. Jen, be happier. (laughs) All right, I picked the surprise shot tonight. That's too happy, Jen. I picked the surprise shot tonight. Yeah. Was that the creme de coco? Yes, with... Oh, it wasn't bad. Malibu? Yes. But still... It was a mound shot. Oh, clever. Thank you. I like that. Still, we're taking shots on a Monday. Living the dream. So? Just taking a leave before you go to bed. You'll be fine. Why? Because I'm getting old. No, I have I've been grumpy too. lately because I'm getting older. I'm in my mid thirties. You're in your, your early, early 30s. thirties. I'm not a looker yeah. like I used to be. And we have a new Taco Supremo Ooh. who has joined us, Megan from Iowa. So, uh, Nicole, tell us everything you know about Iowa. Iowa is the shape, the state that is shaped like a face. I say that five, three times as no, fast. No, Man- Montana's shaped like a face. No, Iowa. It looks looks like the waist section of a dude, and that's his bulge. That's what Iowa looks like. The nose is his bulge. That's his <laughs> penis, Jen. His erect penis. Well, semi-erect penis, sorry. I mean... No. It does look I'm like that. I'm going to go with it looks like a man with a nose. Or it looks like a dude's bulge. Well, I'm sure you've ruined that state for everyone who lives there. <laughs> She's going to move. Uh, well, thanks, Megan, for joining us and becoming a latest Taco Supremo. Bowl cut children unite. What? Was Megan a bowl cut child? Yeah, she said so on the <gasps> forum. Oh. Yes, well. we want to see bowl cut pictures. Yes, yes. Please Tag us on Instagram with your bowl cut photos, please. Yeah. Big shout out, Megan. Thank you so much for joining. Welcome to Megan. Welcome to Megan. Welcome. Welcome to Megan. All right. So tonight the hint was jealous bitch. Jealous bitch. So It reminds me of a song from my... One of my favorite TV shows, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. You ruin everything, you stupid bitch. Nicole, where are we going? Who are we killing tonight? I All be- right. Jen, where are we going? Who are we killing? <laughs> what the fuck? Um, California, and I think that there's a mar- extramarital affair, and the mistress gets killed. Who are you calling the cootie queen, you lint licker? 
Lint liquor. <laughs> what was that? Orbits. That was a commercial, Lint yeah. liquor, yeah. You son of a biscuit-eating bulldog. What the French toast? Did you think I wouldn't find out about your little doo-doo head cootie queen? Who are you calling a cootie queen, you lint liquor? Um, lint liquor. Who are you calling a cootie queen, you lint liquor? So are you saying that the the mistress gets killed by the wife? wife. Well, I can't say I was going to go too far different from that. Um, that's okay. We don't have to have different guesses. We're a team. We're not. We're not try. battling each other. But are we though? Are we battling each other? No, I don't battle. Um, I'm only like the most competitive person you'll ever meet. It's fine. True, which is why I'm surprised we're not battling. Um, I think we're going to Texas this evening. No, I thought I was going to say Texas, but then I didn't. And I'm going to say, I mean, I could just say that the wife kills her husband in a jealous fit of rage. Mm, That's probably more likely. But I think, I don't think it's necessarily over. No, I don't know. I was going to go something really weird, but I don't know if I want to really guess this for the podcast. He had it coming. He had it coming. He only had himself to blame. All right. So those are good guesses, but so. We're wrong. Well, I'm a yeah. <laughs> All right, before we start, you suck. Before I tell you where we're going, I need the help of our third place geography B. Yes. And this mm-hmm. isn't really a geography question. I also it's, like history. It's more of a gin question. Oh. So oh. she gets to, if you get it wrong, she gets to swoop in for the win. Oh, so you're saying I should already know this? Yeah, you should know this. Okay. Michael Jordan was born in New York, but moved his family to Wilmington. Before being drafted by the Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan played for blank. When playing in the NBA, he continued to wear his blank shorts under his Bulls shorts as a good luck charm. I know this. Oh, Space Jam. That's the only reason why she knows that. That's the only reason why she knows that. Go Tar Heels. Oh, yes. shit. Really? Yes. that on uh, Space Jam? It yes. was in Space Jam. Uh, they told him, go get the shorts. Get the shorts, so, Michael. Wait, wait. If, I, if I didn't say the shorts thing, you wouldn't have got it? No, no I, knew he, I knew he went oh, to UNC. Shit. All right, also, well. fun fact. And um, welcome to the jam. If you want to say oh, Such fun a great fact, movie. Michael Jordan owns the Charlotte Hornets, which yeah. recently... Uh, their star point guard, Kemba Walker, signed with the Boston Celtics in NBA free agency. So he is going to be Boston's new point guard. Welcome to the Celtics, Kemba. We're very excited to have you. You are a much better person than Kyrie Irving. Thank you, Jen, Celtics spokeswoman. Um, I love Space Jam so much, and I do not like that they're making a remake with what's his name? LeBron. Ugh. Anthony Davis is also going to be in it, and also I think I heard Clay Thompson. Who's going to play Bill Murray's character? I don't know because that's also an I think it's a sequel. Role. I don't think it's a remake. I think it's a sequel. Well, there's got to be some type of like kooky character like that, right? Uh, who knows? There's Ugh. too many remakes going on. Well, I, I love them, but at the same time, at the, at the I love them, but at the same time, it's like, where is this going to end? Because then they don't live up to the originals, and you get disappointed. Yeah. 
I still want to see Aladdin. Yep. I still want to see Rocket Man. Yep. I do want to see The Lion King when oh, it comes yes. out. Does that come out later this month? Yeah. Okay. They're doing it too close together. Yeah. Is my feedback. They from, just put to out Disney. the trailer for Mulan, which comes out next that year. That will be awesome. I think they needed to like space these ones out every six months because they're such, they could be such huge blockbusters, but releasing mm. them like once a month. How do you feel too about much, the Ariel casting? Can I please get to the story? I, don't I know what can y'all show you okay. the world. So here we go. We're going to shining, simmering, right. splendid. Tell me, princess, when did you last let your heart decide? That's not the words, but it's okay. We're, we're going to UNC Chapel Hill tonight. Oh, okay. And we're starting with a nine eleven call. Oh no. Or nine one one call. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. The first thing that also flashed to my mind as soon as you said we're going to Chapel Hill was One Tree Hill. Oh, so we're going to UNC Chapel Hill tonight, and we're starting with a nine one one call. Go to talkwinner dot com to hear the whole thing. Eleven oh one a.m. forty four second September seven two thousand twelve. Information from you, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna help. I'm gonna tell you how to help her. Okay. 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 How how old is your How old is she? different than a lot of other calls that we've listened to you know she's obviously very distressed that was that was hard to listen to in comparison to other phone calls i feel like i could not understand what she was saying at first it it was interesting that she almost like i was i was actually surprised when she gave the operator her name you know because she wasn't the whole i was like oh that's kind of weird she's not giving her her name at all but then she did yeah but I wonder if she was avoiding giving her name. That's what I was thinking. So she killed her? No, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, what I'm, is this all about? Maybe this podcast she's is taking a turn. This podcast is taking a turn for the worst. Maybe that's what I can do. Maybe I can be a 911 operator. All right. So that was September 7th, 2012. That was Karina Rosario, K A R E N A Rosario. 
She lives at this apartment building right here. It's the upstairs apartments. Mm-hmm. Way in the back, actually. There's no gates, no security camera. That phone call took place around 11 a.m. She came back mm-hmm. home from being at a friend's house, a male friend's house. and she Overnight? Overnight, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was dropped off by her friend. Who her was, boyfriend? No, uh, her girlfriend, Marisol Rangel, which was also there at the time in the room. She was, the friend was on in the room the same time that, that the 911 call okay. took place. Yeah. Huh. That's um, interesting. So I feel like she would have said that, like, oh, my friend's with me or something. The crime scene was is just as brutal as she described it. They're laying halfway on and halfway off the bed, lay a 19 year old. I also thought it was interesting. They said that the victim was lying on Karina, in Karina's room, she wasn't in her own room. Is that mm. correct? That's what she said, I think. This is 19-year-old Faith mm. Hedgepath. All right, so this was September 7th, 2012 at 11 a.m. when this call came in. She's laying halfway on the bed, halfway off the bed. She's partially nude. Okay, she's naked from the waist down. Her shirt is pulled over her face, over her head. She's laying like... Her legs are touching the floor, but she's her upper body still on the bed and her arms are flayed back. There's blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, everywhere, all over the ceiling, all over the walls. I mean, literally bloodbath. Mm. Okay. That was a 19 year old. It's obvious that she's been sexually assaulted. There was a bloody tampon laying beside her. Mm. She must have been menstruating at the time. There was semen on. Her, not inside of her, it's very important, not inside of her, but there was semen on her, like on her stomach, Mm. and some other parts of the room as well, Mm. or some DNA, some trace DNA from the same source. She had severe head trauma. In fact, the, the cause of death was actually a blow to the back of the head with a blunt object. Mm. No sign of force entry. So she probably knew the perpetrator, the perp. This right here is the murder weapon. What do you think the murder weapon is? Baseball bat. Golf club. Oh. Bacardi peach red. That's the actual bottle. Do you see it's got blood all over it? Oh, dear. So that is the actual bottle used to kill her. Yikes. It's a lot of blood on that. We're in UNC Chapel Hill. This is college students. Now, I I looked up the crime rate for Chapel Hill, and the police chief said it was one or less a year. Murders or crimes? So this really shocked the whole—well, I shouldn't say shocked the whole campus because a lot of students didn't even hear about this. In fact, That's weird. the murder that was really publicized around town, around Chapel Hill, was a accidental hazing death. That's interesting because um, this was at the beginning of the school year, so you think that that would kind of shroud the year in in what yeah. happened. I mean, people knew, but it is know. surprising. But hazing a hazing death, I'm assuming it was with the Greek organization. That's that's likely to get more attention from the university than something like this, especially if the girls were living off campus. Faith Hedgepath, or excuse me, Faith Hedgepath 
it's not hedge path. It's H-E-D-G-E-P-E-T-H. So Faith was a member of the Halawi Sapani, which was a Native American people still recognized by hmm. North Carolina as a, a Native American tribe. All right. So let me go through the timeline of what happened. Now, before I dive too deep in this case, this is a rabbit hole, an unsolved mystery. Ooh. How can it be unsolved if there's semen? This is talk murder. I don't understand. Unsolved. And with Talk Murder Unsolved, you got to go to talkmurder.com. I dive really deep into this, and I pulled a lot of social media profiles from friends that have been there. I've, I've got all the court documents. I've got everything. I'm putting it all on there. So this episode is going to be a brief rundown of what we know, but the main activity is going to be on the blog, talkmurder.com. We're going to discuss this. Hopefully we solve this thing because this is a solvable crime. If there's one, if there's one crime in the world that's solvable, it's this one. This is the there's unsolvable. There's DNA. This is completely solvable. This case. And let's be honest, there's a $40,000 reward at stake here. All right. <laughs> if by happenstance, let's say we get lucky, us and our members actually figure out who did this and we prove it and we get the reward to every... Tacos Primo or Small Taco that was involved in this case with me will all split the reward money. How about that? Good deal. Mm, yeah. So, because, I mean, this case is damn solvable. It's really solvable. I mean, this is pretty bad as not solved yet. First, let me tell you a little bit about Faith. Faith was extremely popular. She was extremely smart, too. In fact, so she was a sophomore at UNC Chapel Hill enjoying a scholarship through graduate school. And she got this from the Gates Millennial Scholar Program, which like is... Like Bill Gates? Yeah, like Bill Gates. Wow. The Gates Millennial Scholars Program selects 1,000 talented students each year to receive a good through graduation scholarship to use at any college or university of their choice. We provide Gates Millennium Scholars with personal and professional development through our leadership programs along with academic wow. support throughout their college career. You're getting Damn. you're getting straight Bill Gates. If Bill Gates gives you, I mean there's only a thousand people that they select. Yeah, wow. You know he hand picks these people. Still a lot it's a lot of people. A thousand people is not a lot. I mean not hand picks, but he you know he reads who he's giving that money to. Yeah. This is I don't know if this is part of the Melinda and Bill Gates Foundation. It may just be a separate entity, but Bill Gates Richest man in the world. That means something. That's not a lot of people. Okay? Right. So her going to college for free, you could tell right there that this is a life that did not need to be taken from this earth. She yeah. was wow, extremely intelligent. That's very impressive. Faith was extremely sociable, which makes this really hard for the police and the public to figure out who did this. I mean, you're talking about already over 800 DNA swabs that were taken from different men, okay? You're talking about interviewing over 1,800 potential suspects. Her social circle was enormous. Wow. You know, enormous. Was she involved in any extracurriculars on campus? This is faith in a nutshell. Study real hard during the day. 
all day, study library, Davis library, study, study, study. And then her and her friend, Karina, and some other friends, they would go to this little club called Thrill. It's a nightclub located around the campus, about 10 minutes away from what I'm seeing. But they do, it, it is a bar, so they do serve alcohol, but it's notorious for letting underage people in. Mm. I'm not saying it's letting them drink, but they're, they're getting in. She would always go there to dance. She loved dancing. And I was going to put this out there. She was promiscuous, just like her other friends. They were with many men, many guys, many boys, all the boys, mm -hmm. a lot of boys. So it's, it's hard to pinpoint, you know. But I will say that everyone, or most everyone that I could find in this case that is a very, like, damn, he's got to be the get killer, has been checked DNA and cleared. But mm -hmm. I do want to point out, being cleared of their DNA, not cleared of the crime. So mm. could it be multiple people? Uh, I'm going to get to that. So, all right. This was Thursday. We're going back one day. September 6th, a Thursday. Now you guys know what Thursday is in most colleges. Thirsty Thursday. Especially in the East Coast. I don't know about any other colleges, but I know most colleges have college night on Thursday. Mm. So... Ours was Friday at Anchi's. Oh. All right. So she studied with a friend, which was Karina. She goes to the Davis Library with Karina around 7.30 p.m. that Thursday night, September 6, 2012. She leaves the library. She visits a male friend. That is one of the questions I'm going to put on the blog post. I haven't found the friend yet who she visited. She picks up Karina at the library at 11.30. So she leaves the library, goes to a male friend's house, then leaves a male friend's house, picks up Karina at 11.30. They arrive back at their residence at Hawthorne View, that little apartment, 1502. Now, keep in mind, there's no cameras, nothing. No gates. Now, is this, is this on-campus housing or off-campus housing? It's off-campus. Okay. She stayed in the apartment for about 30 minutes. Karina did. Both of them. They both stayed in the apartment for about 30 minutes. At 12.30 a.m., they go dancing, and they lock the door behind them. They went to the Thrill nightclub. At 12.40 a.m., there's security footage of both of them arriving at Thrill. So it was about a 10-minute drive. At 2.07 a.m., there's a video surveillance at the club. Okay, so they go to Thrill Nightclub, which I told you is a little a lot of I mean mm -hmm. I so I looked through their I looked through their all their Facebook posts. On October third, they uploaded all the pictures from the last few months. And I looked through them all. And there was a lot of people there. I mean, I'm telling you, this bar is packed to the brim. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people there. Okay. I mean mm -hmm. that that club is pumping. All right. At 2.07 a.m., there's a video of her leaving the club. All right. Okay. Alone? Now, uh, no, not alone. With her friend Karina. Because Karina... Now, they're also with about four other guys. Ah. The guys don't actually, they don't think, get in the car with them. At least that's what Karina says. They just, you know, talk when I'm smoking a cigarette, and then they split up. But the reason they left the club in the first place is because Karina has an upset stomach. So she's like, oh, I got to get out of here. So it's like, all right, let's go. 2.07, they're leaving the club. Hmm. Interesting. She has an upset stomach, but then she spends the night at a, at a male friend's house. 
At 3 a.m., the girls are back at the apartment. This is corroborated by the downstairs neighbor, older lady named Joy. She hears a couple loud thumps. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, she just thought that the girls were coming back from a late night. Mm-hmm. All right. So she knows someone's upstairs. So they definitely get back there that night. At 3.30 a.m., Faith, the victim, is on Facebook. Well, somebody is on Faith. Uh, her Facebook. Somebody is on Facebook under Faith's account. It could be her. It could be someone else. Mm-hmm. That, what, are they, what are they doing on Facebook at that time? Checking, browsing the updates and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Also at 3.30 a.m., Faith sends multiple text messages to this guy named Brandon Edwards. This is at 3.40 a.m. Suspect Sus- number one. Suspect number one. The message says, hey, B, can you come over here, please? Oh, actually, you read it because you got a girl's voice. Hey, B, can you come over here, please? Karina needs you more than you know. Please let her know you care. Hmm, interesting. All right, so that's obviously not Faith's boyfriend. That's Karina's boo, one of her boos. Uh-huh. At the same time that she's texting him, Karina is also calling him multiple times, but no response at all. Karina then texts a guy named Jordan McCrary, which we're going to talk about. At 4.25 a.m., she gets in his car, and they go to his apartment. She walks out of the door to get into his car. She leaves the door unlocked. Faith was sleeping, according to her. She goes, door unlocked, gets a ride with this McCrary guy, Hmm. and then she sleeps there. They do their thing or whatever. And then the next morning, she needs a ride back to her place. Because obviously this guy is not going to take her. <laughs> you know, so the first mm-hmm. thing I was like, what the fuck? You go pick up a girl and then you just be like, oh, just Uber or something. Anyway, she calls her friend Marisol Wrangle. They go over to the apartment. And that's when they find her. That's when they find her dead in the apartment. And then now one call takes place. So let me talk about one of the first suspects in this case. He's a rapper. Oh, geez. Not a good rapper. Like a, he wants wanna to be. Wanna, a wannabe rapper, I guess. Well, Chief, don't quit your day job. <laughs> Whatever that is. His name is Eric E-R-I-Q to Coy Jones. Oh, geez. Now, he, <laughs> he knows both women. He's actually the ex-boyfriend of Karina's. And at one point, he lived in the apartment. All right, so Hmm. let me talk about this apartment right quick. Faith isn't actually a tenant of the apartment. She's never lived technically with Karina. But Karina... She just stays in a spare room? Well, no, she stayed there until her grant money came in. Then she was going to move out to her own place. But she she needed somewhere to stay, so Karina let her stay in the spare bedroom. So she was, like, crashing there for a couple weeks. Exactly. But this Takoy guy, this rapper Takoy, was staying there at one point. He knew both of the women. He was ex-boyfriends with Karina. He was Karina's ex-boyfriend. He lived in the apartment at one point. But currently during this murder, Karina had a restraining order against him. Hmm. Okay? Yikes. That was active. For about two months. That's serious. Very serious. Because he got very violent 
with Karina. He actually broke in to the apartment after he got kicked out and assaulted his ex-girlfriend, Karina. She filed a, a restraining order, changed the locks. Five days later, he kicks down the door. Oh, shit. Or kicks open the door because the new locks. And he does the same thing again. He also threatens to kill both of them and actually threatens Faith more because Faith is the one that drove her to the courthouse to get the thing started, Hmm. to get the restraining order started. He said, I'm going to fucking kill you because you're coming in between me and Karina. If he was going to kill anyone, it'd be Faith. Makes sense. Talk about a motive. This guy has got one. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. Yep. Definite suspect. But I guess his semen didn't match. His No, it did not match. But he did, once he got kicked out and they broke up, he moved into another apartment, another apartment in the same complex. Interesting. Walking distance away. Well, that is in violation of... uh, Exactly. uh, In fact, the day after the murder happened, he waltzes his little rapper ass down and talks to the media. Oh, jeez. Faith was the sweetest person in the world. I can't believe in it, but I'm still in shock. It's, it's unreal. He says it's unreal. That's unreal. She was the sweetest person in the world. Oh, I used to beat the shit out of a roommate, and there's a restraining order on me. So he just walks down there where the crime scene and everything is taking place, and he just starts talking. Weird. Kind of sketchy. I was going to say, the, the way it played out in my head before you played that for us was, what a tragic story. New album drops next week. (laughs) You ain't going nowhere. All you gangsters that want to rap, Blue's Clues, you're going to be dead on the news. You're whatever. You suck. You'll never be any good. I'm sorry. You're no good. I listen to your rap. You don't think I do my research? You suck. You think it's a joke? You think this is funny? Shut your damn mouth. I'm the best wrestler alive today. That's true. Now, on social media, the day before the murder, no, not the day before, like within a 24-hour period, within a 24-hour period on Takoy Jones, that guy that you just heard, Faith, Faith was a stand-up person. On that same, tw- on the 24 hours window of the murder, he posts, on his Twitter gram and his Facebook. The gram. <laughs> quote, Dear Lord, forgive me for all my sins and the sins I may commit today. Hmm. What? Which is really weird. Now. Shut up. He said that? Yeah, he said that. Like I said, guys, 40 grand at stake here. All these Facebook profiles, including old Takoy Jones, I'm putting them on the website. We need to solve this shit. I don't understand what people today. I could go through and look at anyone's Facebook profile, get pictures. I could go see who likes pictures. I mm-hmm. could go see who sharing. I could go see related friends. It's a fucking treasure trove. <laughs> I mean, all my shit. Talk about running a true crime podcast. It's like infinite amount of free research. Yeah. Holy it's fuck. It's all public for them. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Holy and... shit. People are. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Everyone in the story, I was looking through their freaking social media profiles and everything else, getting their families. If I, if I can't find your social media profile, I can find your damn mama's, and you know she's got pictures of your baby ass up there. <laughs> exactly what I did with half these people. In fact, I got a very good lead on this case. Oh, are you very... submitting something to a tip line? 
I I am going to submit something to a tip line, yes. Yes. Because I dug so deep in the rabbit hole that I think I may be on something. All That's what I'm saying. Right. If you we want to follow up on Primo, that doodler thing, Our too. small talk, taco, get on the forum. Let's talk about this. Let's solve this case. Cops weren't specific about where he was the night of the murder. Now, there's not enough evidence to put this guy in jail anyway. All right. But the DNA was tested, and it was not a match. Now, let me get into the DNA right now, because it's very important. The DNA collected from Faith, which was a semen. Now, the cops are really opaque about what they would release. You Good know. word. Chapel Hill Police sent the DNA profile to Parabon Labs. Now, Parabon is the ones that do that snapshot thing. You guys know what the snapshot is? No. All right, let me show you. I'm not a geneticist by any means. You know, I, I know about Mendel and his pea plants. That's about it. So... In the Punnett Squares? In the Punnett Squares, yeah. Do you know, was it dominant? I don't know. Anyway. The genotype, genotype, dominant, recessant, big B, big B, little B. Every time I see the word Parabon, the company, I think it's Cinnabon. Really? I think a paraffin wax. Like, you know, the wax you dip your hands into to make it soft. I do love a Cinnabon, though. All right, guys, I am posting the snapshot prediction results. Now, this is phenotyping, not genotyping. So, Phenotyping is what, from what I know, is like the appearance. So correct, the physical. You have like a dog. The phenotype between two dogs would be one is more shaggier. Shaggier. Yep. You know, that's phenotyping. All right. So anyway, they do blue eyes, brown eyes. They do phenotype predictions, and this is the snapshot of what they came up with. That was from Faith's, the semen on Faith. All right. Oh, interesting. Latino. Yes. They came out and said he was most likely Latino. But if you look, you can see that his ancestors come from Mexico and also a little bit of Africa. And also Spain. Yeah, and also Spain. So Parabon also does the confidence, which kind of cool. I don't know how accurate this is. It may be completely fucking way off. Skin color, dark olive, light olive skin. Now... If it is accurate, that will make my lead very hot. Hmm. I'm telling you that right now. Interesting. Very, very hot. But I'm just saying, dark olive, light olive skin, 85.7% confidence. So that's how confident, obviously, the system is. You know, uh-huh. this, we, we get it right 85% of the time. Okay. Brown hazel eyes, they're 94% confidence, brown hazel eyes. Now, this is all done with a computer program. Hair color, black hair, 93% confident. Freckles, 26%, which also goes for the lead that I have. And they're 93% confident. So this is what we're looking at. This was released by the Chapel Hill police after they got this back. This Parabon snapshot, I don't know how accurate it is. I, I kind of want to, if it weren't for the whole Golden State Killer case, I probably would submit my own DNA to see what it would come out with for me, for my snapshot. I mean, it's probably pretty accurate if you think of it. If you, It's the same things as like um, 23andMe or Ancestry. If you get it back, it's going to be pretty accurate, I imagine, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know, though, but that's what they released. All right. All right. Now, another question I have that I really want someone to clear up for me. 
so I didn't have time to research this. But would it affect the DNA if there were multiple samples? Aha. Uh-huh. So let's say there were two or three guys, sperm, mixed together in the same puddle or whatever. Yep. Would I feel it, like they would. I I feel like they wouldn't be able to get to gather. Now this is this is just conjecture on my part, but I feel like they wouldn't be able to gather that evidence because you would have multiple DNA profiles. You would you wouldn't just have like the big B little B. You would have like four of those per se. You know what I mean? It, it wouldn't. But it would all mix together, and it you, it would just be the same. I don't I don't know. I don't know if it works that way. I mean, how does semen? I have semen no idea. Mixed together. I know if they were potheads, their sperm will be swimming around in circles. That's that's true. The Chapel Hill police, they did something really good that most police officers won't do because mm-hmm. they want to solve it themselves. It's like the Delphi murders. We don't need any help. We got this covered. Mm-hmm. Ten years later, we don't know who the fuck this is. All right. Well, at Let least me release one additional tiny audio clip. Chapel Hill was pretty good at releasing things, unsealing documents, even though... Has so, to water net. Yeah, so if you go to Talk Murder, I have... A document dump, basically, of it's like 118 documents. Most of it's redacted, the names and stuff. But this, and I'm gonna read some tonight. That some of the scenarios are there, hmm. so it's pretty good. But anyway, the FBI came on board. They did an an FBI profiler behavioral profile, huh? And they came back and said these things. Number one, the killer knew Faith. Yeah. Right? Number two, the killer may have lived close to Faith at one time. Okay. Okay. Well, that's already pointing to one guy I know. Right. And the reason the FBI said that is because he knew the building and location. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Number three, killer has made comments about Faith to close associates. Hmm. Not not like, I killed her. But like, oh, she's so pretty. Yeah, or, or something like, like that. She's a great person. Yeah. She's a great she's a great person. Check my album out. It's dropping next week. Wait, wait, wait. Now the fourth one, a killer may take an unusual interest in the case. Read every article. He may go to talkmer.com huh. and read this blog post. All right, let's talk about some really important evidence here. So at the crime scene, there was a note. Ooh, a note. Yes. Not like a John Bonet Ramsey note, but Oh. Oh. It says I'm not stupid, bitch. And then below it, it says jealous. jealous. Huh. Which goes with our hint, jealous bitch. Huh. Now, this was written on... The sheets? No, it wasn't written on a sheet. It looks like that. It was actually written on a bag from this place called Time Out, which they do biscuits. It's like one of those college things you get at like uh-huh. three in the morning. Mm. It's really notorious around there. So as soon as... You know, the police saw what it was written on. They knew it came from timeout. Yeah. You know what's funny is that literally right before you showed us this picture, I was thinking that maybe on our way to or from the tour destination, we could stop at this sub shop called Ray and Mike's, which is like one of the one of the best sandwich shops that is in the Hamden, Connecticut area. But it's a little bit out of the way, but not really, like maybe 10 minutes, but it's worth it. It's so good. They have the sandwich called the Invincible, and it's steak and cheese and buffalo chicken. So good. All right, so let me run down this Takoy dude. Now, private investigator David Marshburn, who worked heavily on this case, really believes is Takoy Jones, the killer. Because he knew both girls... 
the strange social media posts within 24 hours and the history of violence. And in fact, he had a restraining order that was filed July 11th, about two months before the murder. Through preliminary investigation, Affiant learned that a restraining order was issued against Takoy by Rosario on July 11th, 2012. The basis of the restraining order was domestic assault to which officers with the Chapel Hill Police Department responded on July 11th, 2012. In this incident, Takoy kicked two doors in the apartment off their frame. Holy shit, what a fucking wow. psycho. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Nobody ever buy this asshole's fucking album if it comes out. He's a fucking psychopath. All right. He kicks two doors off their frame with his little ass fucking feet. As a part of this investigation, Affiant also received several accounts of Rosario being seen with visible injuries to her body that were reportedly inflicted by... Ta- I keep wanting to say Taco. What's his name? Takoy. Takoy. Taco. <laughs> the, however, the Celtics, they did sign a seven foot seven player. His name is Taco Fall, so he's automatically my new favorite player. He's, in the, he's on the Summer League roster, but I hope he makes it on the Major League roster. Affiant learned through further investigation that Takoy, Takoy, or it sounds like uh, the dude from Star Trek, Takoy. Oh, yeah. McCoy. Mm, Detective McCoy. No. Takai. No. McCoy. He's the doctor, McCoy. Dr. McCoy. I don't know. Fuck. McGruber? Affiant learned through further investigations that Takoy resented Hedgepath because of her influence over Rosario. Several witnesses also advised that Takoy considered Hedgepath as a barrier to their relationship. Now, I'm reading from the actual police report here, guys. I'm not making this shit up. On September 7, 2012, while the officers were processing the scene at 5639 Old Chapel Hill Road in Durham, North Carolina, Takoy, Taco Boy, Taco Rapper, arrived and agreed to go to the police department to speak with officers at the Chapel Hill Police Department. After the interview was complete, Takao, Takoy, after the interview was to complete, Taco Boy returned to the crime scene and walked right up to the crime scene tape. Whoa. Officers had to ask him to leave because Rosario's 50B was still active against Jones. 50B, I guess, is restraining order. Against Jones, and she needed to return to her apartment. That's what I love about these redacted statements. They redacted his name, like Takoy Jones, like at first, but then they forget to redact where it says Rosario's 50B was still active against Jones. So it's like, well, you forgot to redact it. Now I know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> like, I have a fuck? question. Did they get a handwriting sample from any of these witnesses or any of these suspects rather? Well, the cops haven't came out with that, but a private hmm. investigator did. That's a really good question. You get a sticker. Really? We don't have any. Oh. I'm a boss on though. You know this. Wow, a bowl from the kitchen. Thank you. <laughs> I feel right. so special. You guys ask questions. Also, we Taco are. Boy is bomb. So good. Love it. Except I don't like that you have to pay for the chips and salsa. We don't have Taco Boy here. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. A few days after his interview with police, Taco Boy agreed to allow officers to search his cell phone. Pursuant to his consent search, Officers retrieved a text sent to a friend on September 6, 2012. 
asking them to forgive him hmm. for what he was about to do. Oh, wow, that resonates with the social media yeah. posts as well. He's going to get that teardrop. That's why, like, rappers get, like, teardrops if they kill someone. Yeah. Yeah, you know what's weird? If he I, has a teardrop, then he we know he did it. I, I've also seen face tattoos next to the eye that aren't teardrops, but that just makes me, like, concerned for the person. Like, why did you think that was a good idea? Like, people are going to confuse it with a teardrop tattoo. Maybe they wanted people to confuse it with a teardrop. Someone at work today, uh, like a member, they were walking down the front line and they had a four-leaf clover next to their eye. And I was <laughs> like, that's not a teardrop. That means they killed an Irish person. So he texts a fucking friend the day before the, no, the day of September 6th. He texts a friend and says, I know I'm a, a rapper and I got to have a persona and a, and a, you know, and a front to put up, but please forgive me for what I'm about to do. Hmm. You would think that that would align with his persona of being a rapper, though. Yeah, well... No, because I think what John was trying to say is that rappers have this, like, I'm tough, I'm hard, I'm like, yeah, yeah bitches so why would and hoes, need, why would boats need and hoes, boats and hoes, boats and hoes, motherfucker, yeah. But why would he need to ask for forgiveness if he's actually being so hard by killing someone? Because he's not hard. He's probably a middle class kid that wants to be the next Drake or something. I, I get that, but you would think that, like, he wouldn't need to say he's apologizing. You for know that. who did make it around these parts? And that is actually a phenomenal rapper. And he produces his own music. Andy Milnakis? No, what? J. Cole. He's J. From, Cole's good. He's from Fayetteville. Oh, I didn't know about that. About an hour away. Yeah, he produces his own music. He's not just like, I can say words to a beat that sounds just like every other damn beat. No, he produces his own shit. Through further investigations, officers also reviewed Taco Boy's Facebook page on September 10th and learned that Taco Boy had changed his cover photo on his Facebook page to the following statement. Quote, Dear Lord, forgive me for all my sins and the sins that I may commit today. Protect me from the girls who don't deserve me and the ones who wish me dead today. Interesting. What? All right, Taco Boy on the loose. Also, what you the keep fuck calling him Taco doing? Boy, and that makes him want Mexican <laughs> food. I keep so, forgetting like, his name, Takoy. Takoy. Taco Boy. It's, it's just, like Koi Pond. You know, a Taco Boy, Takoy, same thing. Yeah, I know, Taco but Boy I, it makes easier. me want Mexican food. Ooh. And the only thing that's going to be open when we're done is Taco Bell. Not that, now I'm not dissing Taco Bell. You know I love Taco Bell, I'm just saying. At the time of Hedgepeth's death, Taco Boy resided and is still living in the same apartment complex as Hedgepeth and Rosario. His apartment was located just a few buildings down from the apartment where Hedgepeth was found dead. Through the affiant's training and experience, affiant believes that information contained in Mr. Taco Boy's Facebook profile and our messages may help determine who caused the death of Faith Hedgepeth. You can read this. This is what uh, Karina Rosario wrote... July 10th, 2012. Eric breaks into my apartment after I had just gotten my locks changed at around 7.30 p.m. Hmm. July 5th, 2012. Eric comes into my apartment and breaks my bedroom door to enter. He, f- he verbally fights with me, and when I threaten to call the police, he takes my phone. He breaks my bathroom and closet doors as well when I tried to get away. He pushes me onto the floor. Oh, violent and has a history of breaking and entering. Even mm-hmm. though there was no forced entry in this crime. No forced entry. And 
let me let me point something else out. Look at the note. What do you notice that's not the words? What do you notice about that note? Dirty. There's like greasy stains on it. Well, it's a bag from a biscuit restaurant. (laughs) Okay, there's no blood on it. What's that under the eye? There's no blood. There's not a drop of blood on this note. Not one drop of blood. Hmm. Okay? This apartment was bloody as hell. You heard Karina said that. There's blood everywhere. There's two All people. All over the walls. Everywhere. There's blood everywhere. He's unconscious. I just walked in the apartment and there looks like there's blood everywhere. Okay, listen to me. She said that countless times. Oh, my God, there's so much blood. Oh, God. She said that over and over and over. But what about this note? This note is clean as a baby's boot hole. This is a clean-ass note. No blood on this note. I don't think baby's boot holes are clean, but... So what does that mean? There were two people involved. Maybe, but from what the private investigators and some other detectives are saying, the killer came into the apartment, the unlocked apartment I want to throw out there, killed Faith Hedgepath with this bottle of rum. Mm-hmm. Bow, bow, bow. She's dead. Now he writes the note, or I shouldn't say he, maybe she. Well, I think we know it's a he since there's sperm. Well, they, that doesn't mean that, that it was a male who killed her. Now the but then note, it means that there's multiple people. Now the note is written, okay? But... Because, I mean, your hands would be bloody and all this stuff. Whoever wrote this note washed their hands yep. first. Wrote this note, and if you look at the note, it's very, I heard one detective to say, uh, moody, oh, moody is what he said. Moody, like very per- yeah, personal. Now, he that same detective was also asked, the uh, handwriting analysis detective was also asked, you know, w- was this a male or a female? What do you guys think? Female. What do you think? Female. The detective said... I'm just looking at the P. Oh, shit. Very good. The P was one of the things that the detective noticed. He said, looking at the note, he's most likely a female because, number one, I don't walk in... I, I would never write a note that says, jealous, bitch, or something, you know? That's like female thing. Plus, the P is def- definitely feminine. That's how I make my P's. The, actually, the capital E also yeah, seems very rounded. feminine. So if someone... I feel like ma- male handwriting is very... It's it's much more pointed, not as rounded, and it's smaller, and, and you can't make it out as well. It does, but doesn't look rushed at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, you write, you're not writing it on a flat piece of paper. It looks like she's trying to be messy. And no, it, to me, it looks like you're writing it on a paper bag that has been crumpled. Well, which it is. That's, no, I know, but that's what I'm saying is that it's not like... I don't know. I think it was tra- like there was an attempt to mask it from their own handwriting. I do want to say the note, like I said, the note was spotless of blood. So they washed their hands, which also means if they have time to wash their hands after killing someone, they know no one else is coming back to the apartment. What if this was written before? Like, what if they, what if this is just, this is just an assumption. What if whoever wrote this note went to, what was the name of the restaurant? Time. Timeout. Timeout. What if this person went to timeout to get late night snacks for Faith because they're drunk and went to the club, brought biscuits back, 
And on the bag wrote, I'm not stupid, jealous bitch. Like, as in, like, here's your snacks. I'm not stupid. Like, here this is. And then committed the crime. Well, it doesn't say I'm not stupid, jealous bitch. It says I'm not stupid, bitch. Then it says jealous. Okay, yes. But there's different ways to interpret that. It could, she could have forgot to write the word jealous in there and then tries to put it in the bottom. But, like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, what if what if they wrote that before they delivered these biscuits to Faith as, like, as for her to be like, oh, no, you know, or whatever, you know? I'm not, I don't know. Detectives came out and said that she was most likely sexually assaulted, but she was not, there was no sperm in her vagina, okay, just on top of her. Right. Now, what you think somebody like spilled a vial of sperm on her stomach? It's weird because the tampon was pulled out. Yeah, that's okay. weird. Very weird. All right. Unless me... they used a new tampon to like clean up blood a little bit. What? I don't know. They, oh my they, God, that was gross. They took out the tampon to assault her and pulled out and ejaculated on her stomach. No, there was no semen in her. That doesn't matter. That's what she said. They he pulled, pulled out, out and ejaculated, ejaculated on her, on her stomach. stomach. All right, let's talk about the next guy. Unless she was assaulted with a bottle and the other person masturbated onto her. Let's talk about Brandon Edwards. You heard that name before. Yes. All right. Now, he has a criminal record, multiple assaults on females, obviously. They know how to pick the winners. Now, Jen mentioned earlier, did they take the handwriting analysis and compare it to something? There were some private investigators and a handwriting analysis detective that did go in there and get a lease agreement from Brandon Edwards of that of the apartment he lives in, compared it to the notes, and they found a lot of similarities. Really? Yeah. They were really convinced that it was him. But that's where you got these two sides. You got a couple detectives like, oh, it's definitely this guy. And then you got a couple detectives like, no, it's definitely Taco Boy. Brandon Edwards was also Karina's ex-boyfriend. And it's interesting that that I know we still have more victims, um, excuse me, more suspects to talk about, but both of the suspects are tied to Karina and not Faith. Mm-hmm. Faith is an extremely popular person, okay? When she goes into a club, she would usually go with Karina, their best friends, you know? Mm-hmm. They would walk into a club, everyone looks at Faith, no one looks at Karina. Well, she is very pretty. Yeah, Faith is a lot prettier. They both are. Faith is a lot prettier. She's more social. She just lights up the party. Okay, in fact, in one picture of them at the beach, Faith is almost looks like, and I'll put it on Talk Murder, but she's like pulling away and Karina's kind of like going into her, like, I want to be you type of shit, you know? It seems like Karina's really jealous of Faith all the fucking time. So if you want to read this, this is from the night of the murder. This is to Karina's ex-boyfriend, Brandon Edwards. Hey, B, can you come over here, please? Karina needs you more. Aha, uh-huh. you know. Please let her know you care. Van. And the response is, who is this? It kind of makes me think, when I when I see that, it kind of makes me think that Karina was texting him from Faith's phone. There you go. Now you're catching on. So this apparently was from Faith. Karina was also calling this guy over and over and over at the same time this text came from. Now, Brandon did respond. But 12 hours later at 4.16 p.m., and he responds, who is this? 
Also, if he really cared about Karina, then he probably would have responded sooner than 4 p.m. and would have responded with more urgency. Yeah. Or he's just being a dick playing hard to get. I'm going to put some other sources for you guys to read about this guy. I don't want to sit here and talk about all these suspects. The three main suspects, the DNA didn't match, but I don't really think that matters here. The third suspect, the one I'm going to talk about, is Ty McNeil. Now, this is what Ty McNeil texted her, Faith, on the day that she was killed. He says, you still want to hang out today? She responds, I know you're probably sleeping, but I just wanted to let you know that I love you. Not a day goes by that you don't cross my mind. Isn't that around the time that they got back home on that September 7th? So here's where the timeline discrepancy happens. She may already be dead. When this is sent. When this is sent. Yeah, All right. It seems like a very... Something that someone wouldn't say at four in the morning. Yeah, it doesn't seem right, does it? No. Okay. She was probably already dead. Number one, the downstairs neighbor heard a couple thumps from upstairs. And unless they're jumping on the bed, having pillow fights like most girls do. Right. That totally happens. You know, she may have already been dead. So this may not even be Faith texting him. In fact, the dad, the father, Faith's father was asked, does this look like your daughter's handwriting? He said, no, that's. That's not how she would do it. All right, you have a a Bill Gates scholarship, and the the father said she would never send something with your and not have an apostrophe. So she spelled a U or Y-O-U-R-E, but no apostrophe. Did they compare that to the other messages she sent? Her phone records aren't public, so I don't know. Hopefully the cops are doing something with it. Who knows? But who texts that? I mean, at four in the morning. So I think she's already dead. At this time. And I think this is fucking bogus. Mm. But what this time did was come the, from her phone. What time was were the other messages sent to um, Brandon Edwards? The other messages were sent around 3.30. Was Karina cleared? Let me tell you a little bit of something about Karina. Because it's, She it's, hasn't talked to anyone. Because it seems like... The, I mean, this the, the message from... the fr- Supposedly from Faith to McNeil... It does seem more feminine than masculine. It's very emotional and very wordy, verbose, if you will. Maybe because she was calling Brandon Edwards from her phone so many times because she attacked Faith with the bottle and then, uh, but she was so drunk to know. So when she left and then she came back and she didn't remember what happened, but maybe I don't I don't know. I'm talking in segments, so this isn't really making sense to everyone that's listening. But it makes sense in my head that she's texting Brandon saying, Karina needs you now more than ever because she assaulted her roommate and she needs someone to help cover it up. And then she sends this to the other guy. Damn, Jen. Holy shit. That's a good theory. Theory. In fact, that's like right up. In line with my theory. Let, let me talk a little bit about this Karina girl. Because she is the main suspect to every motherfucker on the internet. Hmm. She deleted all of her social profiles literally the day after this happened. She immediately moved to New Jersey. She has not been interviewed by any media. Even though she has been constantly requ- requested to. Apparently the cops talked to her about ten times. 
But obviously, she's not too worried about this case because she just gets up and leaves. To be fair, coming from coming from someone who's taking who's who's in the middle of these assessment classes and DSM classes, she was she was exposed to a traumatic event by seeing this dead body all over the her room. So in one of the one of the symptoms of PTSD, I'm not definitely saying she has this, but it's like is avoidant behavior. So if she's avoiding this, maybe she's affected by this trauma that was saying. I'm not defending her, I'm just saying that could be a possibility. But the more and more I think about it, the the more I think she's directly involved and the more it kind of makes me sick. I really do think she's involved. All right. Let, let me run through some 911 discrepancies here. Number one, she she calls the 911 operator and she doesn't mention that her friends with friends with her. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's a very important fact that you don't even know if you Mm -hmm. just hear it. It's not like we just came in here. It's just like I, 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 not my friend's not even there. Yeah, totally. I definitely picked that up. The friend did come out on an interview and say that it was just a matter of who can unlock their phone faster and hit 911. Mm -hmm. So. There's devil's advocate there. But but to not have mentioned it just as part of the conversation, like, oh, I me, I just walked in or, yes, I'm with my, you know, I'm not alone. I'm with my friend. Like, it would have come up. That's true because the police and EMTs are going to be expecting only one person at the place. I don't know. The first thing she says is hi. No, I thought she said I. No, um. she says hi. Um, that may not sound like a lot, and when you first hear it, but uh, Mark McClish, a deputy U.S. Marshal Service, retired now, tells Investigation Discovery that the first thing he hears her say is quote hi. All right, you walk in. And I'm laying there dead. Blood everywhere. You call the operator, hi. And the word um, people say um when they have to think about what to say. If you're if I'm laying there dead, you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, dead in areas. Oh, what the fuck? You're not gonna be like, hi, um. I don't think that's as big as the whole lack of mentioning the friend. Yeah, thing, I wouldn't look too much into that because I, I I've personally never had to call nine one one before. So it could be a very nerve wracking experience, not to mention being in the room with a dead body. Um, well, this is someone that has been I could see it listening as like to nine one one calls like for thirty years and I could see it as like you don't know where to start. You're like, Oh my god, I'm said. so No, no, I'm not discounting yeah. that. I'm just saying if I were in that I think the situation. other thing is a bigger deal. He he also said at least three times she told the operator that I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Keep that's that, yes, true. She didn't thought, ask her that. I also thought it was weird that she that she did not give her name. Yes, I'm gonna I keep. Yeah, I always thought that really was. Weird. It was like she was avoiding giving her name. Yeah, so weird. And then she, because she also said like, "Huh?" Like you heard the question. Yeah, you definitely heard the question. Okay. Tell me again what your name is. It looks like someone had been in there because she's not like the cell. I don't know. Okay. Okay. All right. What did you say your name was again? Here. Because. Okay, I don't. The retired U.S. Marshal detective says that repetition is very suspicious. Faith was in her room, Karina's room. Right. 
I thought that was strange too. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she says, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. It looks like someone came in here. It looks like someone has been in there because he's okay. not like this at all. I don't know. Okay. Okay. It looks like someone right. was here. Right. It looks like, like someone why, broke why in. Why would she be in your room? You know what I mean? Like, why Why keep saying it looks like someone was here? It basically says, well, oh, I didn't kill her. I didn't hit her with a bottle. Someone else came in. Their stuff moved around. Someone else was that here. That should be the obvious answer anyway. I just don't know if, I mean, I guess you don't know until you have to call 911 in this scenario. But no, but I, I thought those were weird. All Aside from the high um, introduction, I thought all of those things were strange in the call. Investigation discovery. There's a show called Breaking Homicide that covered this case, and they mentioned a really good point. The 911 call... The, the deputy U.S. Marshal Service guy, he says it was deceptive. And one of the claims he says is because she was lying by omission. Mm-hmm. So I looked up what, you know, I kind of knew what lying by omission was, but I did look it by up. By not saying anything. If you want to read it. Lying by omission is when a person leaves out an important information or fails to correct a pre-existing misconception in order to hide truth from the others. Why do we omit critical pieces of information? There are usually three reasons for people lying by omission. Fear, being on the receiving end of anger, reprisal, or punishment. Guilt, for the activity that caused them to lie in the first place. Shame, for their reputation being damaged and how they will be perceived if the entire truth was known. Go back and listen to Now One Call. Now that you know that Karina is very possibly involved, you'll hear a different version of it. And guys, this is a, a run through over of the case that we know so far. Most of the discussion is going to be talkmurder.com. This, I can't possibly put everything on there. This would be a six hour episode. And keep in mind, most of the people involved in this case are now lawyers because they they were going through law the law program at UNC. Hmm, okay. Okay. I don't know if Taco Boy made it, but some of <laughs> the other ones I'm putting on the website did. Now there is a butt dial that was posted at like one fifteen. Now, I could play that, but it's, it's really hard to hear. And there was voice analysis done on it. And there was a voice analysis detective that that's all he does. And he actually pulled out a very compelling narrative from the butt dial. It's, it's hmm. very huh. illegible. Like, it's not even point me playing it. I'm going to put it on talkmer.com for you guys to hear it. But it's just... You wouldn't even know what it is. It sounds like music in the background. They're at so, the club. Well, maybe. They may be at the club. Where but else would they be? There's the apartment. a few people arguing, you can tell. The guy that did the voice analysis pulls out a name before he even knew who was involved. Rosie, which is... Karina's nickname? There you go. Karina's nickname. And Faith's dad said, I know her voice out of anywhere. Her voice was on the butt dial recording. Now, she was notorious for butt dialing. Faith? Yeah, Faith. And they were arguing. It it was most likely over a boy. And at one point, Karina, well, you know, Rosie, I guess you will, said, are you just going to stand there? Are you going to fight or something like that along those lines? Like Mm. she was getting beat up. And, the, and it seemed like in the butt dial there were other men there. Now, huh. I do want to say there have been some very compelling forum posters that claim that the timestamp on the voicemail is actually off. And instead of 115 at the club, 
it happened at 3.30 ah. a.m. Why and would if they that say happens, that? if the butt dial happened at 3.30 a.m. That would put Karina at the scene of the crime. That would put Karina at the scene of the crime, two other guys at the scene of the crime. And, and, and it doesn't even matter if they were then close. And, they were all present and willing yeah. to cover it up. And the neighbor... It would also corroborate with her hearing those thumps at that same time. But how could a call time be off? Different time zones. Different time zones. That's exactly what it was. And then right after that, she texts that guy after she's dead. Oh, I love you so much. So he was there. Uh, so there's a couple of theories. Number one, or number one, they're at a club. One of the guys that she likes is flirting with Faith or whatever. And this was the moment where she's just sick of it. Faith always gets the guys. Rosie is always kind of behind the curtain. She's never social like Faith. She's really jealous. If you see some of the pictures of them together, you could tell that Karina is really trying to impress Faith, and Faith is kind of pulling away. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's really there. Faith was the life of the party. She was smart, way prettier getting everything. So they got in a fight. That's where the jealous bitch came in. Maybe they both like the same guy. Because I'm thinking about it. She had a stomach ache and then she goes to a guy's house like that. That's what I was saying. It doesn't really make sense. It doesn't make any sense. She left because she was getting sick of maybe Faith getting hit on by a guy. They get home. Something happens. Um, I don't think... I, I think maybe... She hits her with the bottle because, all right. It could have been an accident at first, but then, you know. Exactly. Maybe they tried to cover it up and make it seem like someone else did it. Because why, all right, the bottle as a murder weapon, you don't bring a bottle into an apartment. That is something that's there. You're, You're arguing with your roommate. It's right there. You just lose control. You grab the first thing that you can see that's heavy, and that's the bottle. You hit her in the back of the head. You don't kill her. You know, she probably suffered for a while, but you knew that you couldn't let her live. Was it empty? It was empty, yeah. So you call your friends, a lot of these guys, you call a lot of these guys, and they all come over. That's where the voicemail comes in, where you hear all these different voices. So the guy, the timeline discrepancy is the guy was saying, was a known software glitch. Right. So I believe the voicemail actually happened in the bedroom at that time. Karina hit her. She's dying. She calls all of her other friends because what I didn't mention, I didn't get in further down is I know at least two of the suspects, their phones pinged around that area around Hmm. that time because once they pulled all the phone dump, the phone dump from the area, Two of the phones pinged there around the time. Interesting. So I feel like she called everyone over. Well, she called and they that one finished guy her. over and over. Now, the semen is one thing that I don't understand. I don't think she was actually sexually assaulted. I think they were trying to make it look like it. They pulled her tampon out and then got the sperm on her. The, the sperm is definitely one thing that's a big barrier in this case because it matches nobody. Now, they did say her cousin, Karina Rosario's cousin, which I have not been able to find yet on social media, is a dead ringer for 
the guy, the uh, phenotype guy, mm-hmm. Dead Ringer. I haven't been off. I have not been able to find his picture yet, but when I do, I'll put it on Talk Murder. Well, I mean, that's that's plausible. He could have been visiting in town for the weekend, and yeah. you know, Rosie is sounds more like a family nickname than anything. If, the, you, if um, that's what it is in the background, you really did it, Rosie. You know, that's yeah, sounds like a family nickname. But uh, what do you guys think of the story? It's interesting. I, I'm excited to see what our small tacos and taco supremos have to say about this on the forum. Um, I'm looking forward to discussing this further because I'm, I'm with you, John. I think this is solvable, and it's really interesting. I, I, I want to see if we can get to the bottom of this and figure out what happened to Faith. It is crazy because there's DNA and there's no one caught. Well, I do want to say I, I really think it's Karina number A big reason why is because there's no evidence outside the apartment. No trace evidence, nothing. Which means whoever killed her then took a shower. Because there's no blood, there's no tiny drops of blood anywhere outside the apartment. No fingerprints. No nothing. She got jealous. I think she hit her with the bottle. She laid there dying. She called all her boys, her rapper Taco Boy and all those dudes. They came over and staged the scene. All right, so that's my story. Go to talkmer.com and let's solve this case. And poor Talk Supremo and Small Tacos out there, if we can solve this case together by doing some research, we can split 40 grand if we bring someone to justice. Justice. All right, guys. If you really enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button or whatever podcasting app you use. If you really liked this episode, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're absolutely obsessed with this podcast and want to become our stalker, go to talkmer.com slash join. Become a Talker Supremo. Get a badass t-shirt, sticker, swag, a lot of love, shout out all over the place. Tell me what story you want me to do. I'll research it dedicated to you. Only on Talk Murder Me Podcast. My name is Johnny. We're Jen and Nicole. Until next time. Don't mess with my man. I'm going to be the one to give it to you.